Hi there, welcome to the Neurodivergent Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Griffith, and I am so excited to have you here. On this podcast, we talk about all forms of neurodivergence, from ADHD to learning disorders to giftedness to autism and more. If any of that sounds familiar, welcome to Neurodivergent Magic. Hello, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, and welcome back to another episode of the Neurodivergent Magic Podcast. I am so, so, so excited to bring you this conversation today. Today, I am chatting with Chelsea Abril, who is a life coach, a photographer, and just overall incredible human being. And we are going to talk about ADHD. We're going to talk about hustle culture. We're going to talk about finding your inner peace and just having that gentle exhale. And um, I, I'm so excited. You guys are going to love this conversation. So without any further ado, here is our interview. Hey, Chelsea, how are you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I am so beyond excited for this conversation. I've been following you on TikTok and now on Instagram for a little while. And I just think you have such valuable information and my listeners are going to love this episode. Like I already know. (laughs) Oh my God. Thank you. That is like the hugest compliment. I am so glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I love that TikTok is just bringing, bringing worlds together right now. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I love the neurodivergent community on there. I've met so many great people through TikTok. Honestly, I'm like so many awakenings of so many different kinds, like in the journey of, of TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. So was TikTok a part of your neurodivergent awakening or were you aware of your neurodivergence before that? Let's just jump right in. Perfect. Let's, let's get right to it. Um, is, wait, do people swear on your podcast? I oh, swearing is fine. I'll mark Great. it. Don't even cool. worry. I was like, oh, fuck. Can I swear on your? Excellent. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, <laughs> yes, this is the short answer. So I never really done much like digging into like who I, I really like how I existed in the world. Like I knew who I was and all that, but, um, things on TikTok, like discovering like the burnt out gifted into like adult ADHD, like all these different like pipelines, um, like the burnt out gifted kid, like classic. Hello. Hi, it's me. Who wrote the book? I did what? So getting to see other people having that same experience was crazy. And like, I knew kids growing up that had ADHD, but they were were always like the problematic young boys who were rambunctious and whatever. I'd never heard of like any women ever having like ADHD. It was like a, a rambunctious boys mental thing. Um, and it was like super stigmatized too. Like my, one of my best friend's brothers was diagnosed with ADHD and it was like this huge, like eruption in the family dynamic. And so naturally trying to be the key peacekeeper of my life. I was like, I am perfect. I'm fine. Everything is great. I'm just going to keep being the golden girl. Like it's going to be fine. And then, you know, I was doing all the things that you're supposed to do in high school. I went to college, I went to community college. And then that was like my slow in, I wouldn't even say that was my fast decline into just not giving a fuck anymore. I was like, why am I doing this? Like, I can't focus. I'm missing deadlines. Like basically like my academic career imploded. I got my first like failing grade in college and like it was a disaster and then I got eight more and I was like bye (laughs) guess we're done here we will not be doing this anymore um but then coming to TikTok and actually seeing it like I'm for all intents and purposes I'm a successful woman I run a career like I have multiple businesses like I didn't think that I got to have any like mental I wouldn't even say a disadvantage but like anything that wasn't normal I guess I felt like I was a normal person and so it was so jarring to feel so separate uh and be like there's am I just making this up like I felt crazy for a long time because like I I should be able to do this like the shame spiral of like not knowing why I was yeah like not knowing why I was having all of this frustration or like you know points of friction in my life um and then going to TikTok and seeing all those beautiful things there it's like oh my women women can have ADHD like this is the thing that women experience what the fuck I was like flabbergasted which feels like very silly to say out loud now but I just had no idea and I was you know very much deep deeply ingrained in hustle culture and everyone's like you're lazy if you don't get it done like you just have to keep pushing and so I totally lost my identity in the process of hustle culture from like 2017 
2019 to 2020. Um, and then when I couldn't keep it up anymore, when like the math came off, I was like, I am a piece of shit. Like, I don't know how anyone is hiring me. I don't know how I run these businesses. I'm just going to go and like have a real quick mental breakdown. I'll be back on Monday. <laughs> and then, then it just got worse. So finding TikTok and like noticing and then good old TikTok algorithm, just like feeding me more and more and more and people having my shared experience. I was like, what the fuck? So crazy. So I have loved it. So, you know, 10, 10 years later, after you asked the question, yes, TikTok has been kind of the gateway to me opening the door of learning about ADHD, discovering with it. Um, I personally, myself, am not diagnosed. Um, I also have like had some feelings about that. Um, but there's so much that I identify with and so much that I've seen that has felt like such a relief to not to like to realize that I'm not making it up, that I'm not just like lazy or, you know, undependable or whatever it is. So yeah, yeah. having that and TikTok just, just felt like, like just real, like a release. I'm like, I am not crazy. I'm not making this up. Holy shit. Okay. Where do we go from here? <laughs> And I'm meeting beautiful people like you along the way, which is so lovely. Yeah, I I relate to so much of that. Just the idea of getting on TikTok and seeing your people and just being like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> I thought I was crazy. I thought I was lazy. I thought I was stupid or whatever, you know, X, Y, Z, fill in the blank. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I totally relate Honestly. to that. <laughs> It's so wild. Yeah. Um, it's been really like, it's just, and it's so sweet too. like all the people that I meet who are like educators and creators in the neurodivergent space, like for the most part, everyone has been like super welcoming. It's like a very open space to like, you know, ride the fine line of self-diagnosis, but also like to acknowledge what you're experiencing and let that be like a real and valid thing, regardless of having a therapist or a psychiatrist having diagnosed you or having your medication and still just being like, no, I, I see this and I, I feel it in my body seeing these things. So that's where I'm at personally, like my diagnosis journey, I guess. No, I can't even tell you how relieving it is to talk to somebody else who's in the same position. Cause that's exactly where I am with autism. I'm very much like, I see all this stuff on TikTok. I see all this stuff on YouTube and I'm like, this is me. <laughs> this is literally me. Um, but I, I'm not like professionally diagnosed or anything yet. And I'm super yeah. hesitant about self-diagnosis, not because it's not valid for anyone listening. I have a whole episode about self-diagnosis yeah. <laughs> being valid. It totally is. Or do I have an episode yet? I will. <laughs> there will be an episode about self-diagnosis coming uh, if there's not already. Um, but not because of that, but because I actually self-diagnosed myself in the past as autistic. And then I panicked and I was like, no, I'm not. And so <laughs> um, I, I, it's so relieving to talk to somebody else who's sort of in the same boat where it's like, I'm not sure where I fall, but I'm pretty darn sure that this stuff resonates. Yeah. I'm at like a 99% that this is landing. And that's, I think that's a crazy thing too. And I don't know, like, are, are you in your thirties, late twenties, thirties? Late twenties. Yeah. I'm 27. Late twenties. Yeah. So I feel like the, the millennials, you know, we grew up with like mental health being very stigmatized. And so any of that, like, this is awful, but like growing up, like it was assumed like, Oh, like autism was like, the worst thing that like someone could be, or, Oh no, her baby. Like what? And like, this is awful. But that was the only thing that like, I grew up in Hawaii. So it's very wonderful place and also smaller minded occasionally like very small communities um and that was a crazy thing and so even now as an adult I'm like oh my god I know so many people who are autistic and it's not just like black or white either like there's a whole spectrum I didn't even know about the spectrum of neurodivergence um and even that was like okay cool so it I don't have to look like you know a level 10 I could still be a level seven and my experience is just as valid like I can still be experiencing all these different things too. So yeah, I, it's just, it's just wild. It's crazy. Exactly. <laughs> I it, and I have loved learning about the spectrum of like ADHD as a spectrum and autism as a spectrum and other forms of neurodivergence are a spectrum. And it's not necessarily a spectrum that goes from like zero to 10, like you were saying it, it can be, but it also has like 
all of these different uh, traits and symptoms and each one can go from zero to 10. And so you can have completely different <laughs> yeah. profiles that look so different, but the people have the exact same experience, like exact same condition, I suppose. I don't want to call it a disorder because I know a lot of people in the autistic community and even the ADHD or community are moving away from disordered language and patholol, patholol, I can't say that. The word, yeah. Pathologizing there. <laughs> pathologizing these conditions and stuff. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, learning about the spectrum and stuff has been so helpful for me because I was like, I'm so high functioning that it doesn't even matter. And it doesn't even count. And now I'm like, okay, high and low functioning is not helpful. Like those are neurotypical <laughs> yeah. labels and I don't need them. <laughs> it's more about support needs. And it's more about like who you are, I guess. <laughs> and who I am is probably autistic. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah. And I love that too. And so just like in the last couple of years of like discovery and like more reading, like there's so many, uh, all the labels we throw around for entrepreneurs in general, for people in general, like, you know, not all of them good or bad, but like a visionary. So I just thought that I was messy and disorganized and whatever, which are, you know, very much occasionally in align with, you know, neurodivergence. Um, and then there's also like a visionary entrepreneur who functions not in the way that an accountant or like a more type A person, like, and everyone, I think that's the most beautiful thing. Like in addition to identifying with being anywhere on that neurodivergent scale is also that in general, no matter how we're identifying with whatever, like that's the most beautiful thing is that we all are meant to engage with, interact, show up in the world differently. And I think that's like the coolest thing. I thought that I was supposed to be carbon copies of all these other people that I looked up to that were, you know, successful role models and whatever, but that's not the case and fucking thank God. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you just totally captured the entire neurodiversity movement in like a little 30 second soundbite. So that's <laughs> awesome. Amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's all about showing up as ourselves and not needing neurotypical is not the desired outcome. <laughs> and I think for me, it's so, for so long, it was, and still is sometimes, you know, internalized. Yeah. <laughs> <Whoops. laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, neurotypical is not the desired outcome. The desired outcome is to be as you, as you can be. Oh, oh my God. I feel that in my whole body. And I think that's like, that's just all we want to be is ourselves. And I think that's, part of why it's been such a relief like to be on TikTok and discover this and learn more about it how it exists in me and how how I experience it is it's so much like release of pressure release of expectation um and permission to go and be more of that so like who am I really like what is actually mine what have I adopted from other people and made mine because it was supposed to be you know air quotations uh supposed to be me um and and leaning into like like you said, the spectrum. So I'm very, I've been entrepreneurial since I can remember. I've always loved that. And I've always like loved being in those spaces. And so being an entrepreneur now, like there's a spectrum there. It's like all of these people, like I can run a, someone can run the exact same coaching business as I can and be completely different just because of the way that we are going to be showing up, the way that our energy works, the way our energy works in ourselves and with our clients. Like it's so cool which is also really helpful for me to just also remember whenever I'm like having imposter syndrome or comparing myself, I'm like, bitch, calm down. Like, first of all, their business is amazing. Like 10 out of 10 gold stars for them. Also, so is yours. Also, so are you. Relax, stay in your lane and just like be your little purple hair, sunshiny self and just go live your life. <laughs> so it's yes. really nice. I yeah. love that. And I, that's going to be my new like tagline for everything. And so is yours or, and so and are so you. Is, yes. Oh, yes. I'm absolutely like a competent, what is it? Community over competition. That was really hard for me to learn mm -hmm. for a long time. I was very competitive. Um, I, I, I would love to say that my whole life was very altruistic and I was very hopeful, but like, um, even in my younger years, the way that I was helping was not like altruistic either. I was like helping so that I could learn, helping so that I could like get a leg up and it wasn't ever this like true sense of giving or interaction. Um, but I love, I love knowing that like, and so are you and so am I, and we get to be both at the same time and neither negates the other. 
surprise. What? I wish I would have learned that much younger. <laughs> My goodness. Yes. Tell me about it. I, I am still learning that. That is definitely a transition. I'm still making this from competition Same. to community because I think there's a huge part of me that as like, you know, the burnt out gifted kid trope or whatever, um, you grow up feeling like, how do I phrase this so that it's correct? Um, <laughs> you just grow up feeling like you are the best or you're nothing. And it that must be perfect it's or it so is hard. nothing. Right, exactly. And it's black and white thinking, which goes along with many types of neurodivergence. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah their prize. And you were talking about like, um, I don't know much about like autism at all. I just remember like when I was younger, like, Oh, it's like if people were autistic, they were often like savants or whatever. And some, they had like some hyper talent or hyper giftedness in, in some other area of their lives, which I don't know if that's true. So if that is totally incorrect. Um, but then I, I think I like have seen that even more like for people who are like identifying as autistic and many people in my circle are now identifying and being diagnosed and it's such a relief for them too. And it's, I think I, I am starting to like see people as well when they start to open up in those new spaces, like, oh my God, I can see now like this different thing. Of course, now that makes sense. And like being able to pull in like the different threads and be like, <gasps> which like, what I love doing in coaching, like not all of my clients are neurodivergent, but a lot of them experience those same sort of like points of friction or like points of excitement, highs and lows. And they all are very different and also very much the same and being able to weave those all in together and like help people figure out like, okay, so we don't have to go be Betty. Betty's, Betty's off living her best life over here, but you like, how does, how does your life look? How could your life look? Like, how do you want to experience? Like, how are you experiencing it currently? how can we make it even better? And what does it look like uniquely for you? Not just like taking someone else's five steps to success program and making it the blueprint blueprint for your life, but you are the blueprint for your life. And you get to like, I like to imagine this all as little uh, collector urchins. You know what those are? Like little sea urchins in the ocean. Anyway, they're all over the place in Hawaii and they like grab things as they go along their little journey and they have cute little hats and they get all these like seaweed and like bottle caps and you know, shells. And it's just a cute thing. And I feel like we're all little surgeons just like grabbing what we like along the way. It was so cute. <laughs> I absolutely love that image. That is going to be my new favorite image for like trying to describe how we all move through life differently. I love that. <laughs> I'm just like, Ooh, let's see me. Let's put that. Ooh, so pretty. Let's do that. Let's make the hair purple. Great. All right. Yeah. I think it's just fun little things that we get to do with our lives and the way that we choose. Yeah. <laughs> So something you've mentioned, you know, you're an entrepreneur and that you mm -hmm. work with clients and everything. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about what you do? Yes. Um, so my entrepreneurial journey has been long and delightful. Um, I have been a wedding photographer for over 10 years. Um, I started in Hawaii. Everyone's like, oh my God, what was your story getting into wedding photography? And while I absolutely have like a very deep and emotional and passionate why, like I got into it because someone paid me to take pictures of their kid, like in high school <laughs> and it was gas money for the week. So it's just like a funny thing. And then like even falling into that and letting that be a thing that I like do, I have loved it. Um, I started coaching three years ago. Last year, I finished a year long apprenticeship with a master coach. And that was really, really beautiful and lightning. Um, and at such a transformational time, like I started, I started coaching in December before the pandemic hit. So cute. Uh, and then halfway through 2020, I started my apprenticeship and I was like, great, let's just burn the world down and let's just piece the ashes together and figure our lives out. And then here we are on the other side. I feel very much the Phoenix. Um, my coaching originally began uh, helping other photographers. That just made the most sense. Um, I <laughs> was in my cyclical process of just burning out over and over and over again and letting that be the norm. But I just, oh, about, oh, it's about time for my next breakdown. <laughs> I've, I've only had three this year. I'm due for another which is like such a bummer. And I'm sure so many people can relate to that, whatever industry or career that they have, like, okay. Uh, and we are about due for a mental health crisis. Excellent. <laughs> I'm gonna put my out of office on. I'll see you guys on Tuesday, whatever. Um, so I started coaching uh, photographers because one, I wanted to do something else. I was feeling very boxed in. I love my career and I still am a wedding photographer. Um, and I don't know if this is a neurodivergent trait. I think it is, but like, 
going back to me talking about savant stuff, like I pick things up very easily. Like I'm pretty talented at a lot of different things very quickly. Um, and so then was the lie of entrepreneurship that like, oh, to be a full-time, to be a real this, you have to be doing it full-time. You can't have another job. You can't have another, like, this is the bridge that you have. You need to burn all others or you're not a real photographer. And I don't know if that happens in other career spaces, but it happens like so hardcore in like creatives or um, especially artists. I feel like, oh, yeah, what a cute hobby that you have. So right. if you're not case, supporting yeah. yourself from it, then it's yes. it's just a hobby and it, which is so silly. <laughs> like that's not how anything First else all, works. Yeah. Yeah. I fucking hate that. <laughs> that's the <laughs> worst part. So I was wildly successful. I had made my multiple six figures. I kept doing it, but I was like, this cannot be my whole life though. Like there's gotta be something else. Like I, what can I do? I always love speaking. Um, so I kind of fell into coaching as well. Like I was tired. I was talking about being burnt out and, and just being exhausted. And everybody else was like, bitch, same. And I was like, we, there's gotta be some, this, this cannot be it that we just do this every year and, and hate it. Like, and my biggest thing was that I had been so successful and I had done all the things I made the money. I bought the house. Like I had the husband and the cat and I was so unhappy. I was like, I am exhausted. I don't like any of this. I love my husband and I love, like, I loved my things, but I didn't like myself anymore. I was like, this is not the vibe that I thought that I would have once I, you know, completed the race. I, 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 I thought I was supposed to be the winner now. And I don't feel like that at all. Everything is garbage. I don't want it. So now coming back into coaching, following this, <laughs> hopefully most of your uh, listeners are also neurodivergent and they can follow this very sloopy sloop conversation that I'm holding here, but oh my goodness, absolutely. <laughs> this is, this is how neurodivergent folks talk. You should hear some of the other episodes we've had people on where <sighs> I'm talking to them and all of a sudden I completely lose my train of thought and we have to start over. We have to do something different. Like it, oh my God. It, it's okay. Like we're, we're all neurodivergent here. We all get it. <laughs> Hilarious. Like I hear myself talk and I can like visualize like the thread of thought going off into a different direction. I'm like, okay, but remember, can you come back? Can you make it back? And then sometimes I make it back. I made it back that time. Sometimes I don't, which is also really funny being a coach. Like I will lose my train of thought consistently. So like I do group coaching and I speak and I like have like my little learning calls. And I also work very deeply with my one-to-one -one clients. And I'm always like, oh, fuck. Um, hold on, wait. <laughs> let me gather my thoughts or like, I'll start to stutter. And I don't think I have like an actual stutter, but I stutter frequently, like when I'm trying to speak to people. So it's just really funny. Um, whereas previous, like pre-pandemic Chelsea, it would have been like, I best, I better throw in the towel because I'm not cut out for this. Like I'm not speaking perfectly. I'm, I'm not holding coherent sentences. Like I'm not having perfect advice or guidance from the get-go when I'm like, no, also how sad, like, I know that my clients also experience what I'm going through and being I'm like, oh my God, my thoughts are all over the place. Like, doesn't make you any less valuable or valid in, the, in what you're thinking. Like, and it's okay if it takes a couple of loops to, to get to the point or whatever. Um, Absolutely. So and really, I think like joyful thing. Right. Yeah. And I think it totally goes back to the whole like gifted kid burnout thing where it's like, you were saying you tend to pick stuff up pretty quickly. And it's like, if I don't pick it up quickly, or if I don't do it perfectly, it's like, Oh, I guess I should just stop. <laughs> this isn't for me. Um, yeah. My favorite story. So I, I pick things up very, very quickly, like in general. And if I don't, then I'm like, Oh, I will not be doing this again. Thank you so much. Uh, the one year in high school, I, my, all of my friends played basketball. We all I'll play soccer but like everyone played basketball one year and like you should play basketball and I was like listen I'm not good at it and they're like no you're fine like your brother's super athletic he was like the basketball star like you should be too I'm like mm, no and I was like you know what I'm gonna owe it to myself I'm gonna stick this out no matter how bad I am just to get through it and I did and I hated I wouldn't do it again <laughs> it was <laughs> not a vibe but I did it and I was I have never been worse at something and it was like <laughs> the most embarrassing like year of my life being in, in basketball, but just to prove it to myself, damn it, that I could stick to something, even if I did hate it, but also a great thing. I'm like, I will not be sticking to things that I hate because there are so many other things that make me feel good. Right. Anyway, coming back to coaching, like it was hard not to be a perfectionist. So coming from that, my, my passion with beginning my coaching journey was very much helping people 
find balance in their lives, um, the, the elusive work-life balance to try and find that. Um, helping people who are recovering from burnout, people who are struggling with boundaries. That was originally where I started and it just happened to be a lot of photographers. Um, and as it morphed, I found still like, that's been my favorite part about being a coach myself is that how much learning I have done in the process of being a coach. Like every time I talk to a client, every time I go through like another round of a course that I'm doing or a, a whatever, every time I'm like, oh my God, I'm learning so much. What the fuck? And that was a hard thing to lean into as well, being like a former gifted kid. I'm like, oh, what? I always, I still hear the voice of like, you should already know this. Why don't you already know this? Like you should, you should, you, you should already be the expert. Like you're not supposed to be learning. Like you should already know. You can't talk about anything if you don't know it. And so being a coach is has been the most hilarious ride through imposter syndrome ever. Um, showing up for people and like charging my premium rate and like being really excited about it and working with really high powered people. Um, successful visionaries who are also experiencing some shade of, of neurodivergence in their lives. Um, and I just love that that is more openly talked about um, just to be able to see yourself in other people. Um, oh my God, you too. Oh my God, it's, she's doing it and she's this, or like, she's still learning. So I feel like my journey, and this is maybe a little self-centered, but like my journey being myself and leaning into as much of myself as I can is what I love most about being a coach because inevitably my clients are also doing the same thing. So doing, leaning more into being more of themselves, which is like the best part. Um, so yeah, and right now it's shifted. I didn't know that, that I was neurodivergent when I started coaching. <laughs> and so then I didn't realize when I started picking up on the signs or like traits or patterns, behaviors, energy, whatever in myself, I started to see them all reflected in my clients, which of course, like we attract who we are. Um, and I was like, you bitches too? Hilarious. Everybody in here is vibing. Okay. <laughs> so almost every single person is like, I don't identify like as, you know, being neurodivergent, but like everything that you're saying is pretty on, on point. I'm like, perfect. Doesn't matter what you call yourself. If it, if it lands, it stands and we can work through it. Like doesn't matter. Um, so it's been really fun. I'm kind of like a mix now. I feel like I'm a business and like a life coach. Um, I very much am of the belief that success is holistic. And so if you have success in one place, but like total failure in another, then you're still not going to have the happiness or the fulfillment that you thought the one success would give you. And that's what I had experienced was like, I have all the money. I have all of like the accolades and the gold stars and the five reviews and whatever. But I was like, I don't like myself. My relationship is feeling like hot garbage. Um, I'm exhausted. I don't have any friendships. I don't know what I like. <laughs> I don't know what my favorite color is. Like there's that TikTok trend where like I stay up at night because I don't even know what my favorite color is. So I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, fuck. <laughs> and I feel that like just becoming so engrossed um, in that journey. And I love, I love, love, love so much being an entrepreneur and being, um, you know, a boss babe, whatever. I love that I get to be who I am in these spaces. And like 2021 and now coming into 2022 has also been like the dismantling of who I am outside of my titles, uh, which has also been a really beautiful thing to go through with my clients themselves. We are becoming so attached, like, oh, I'm a, I'm a photographer. I'm a this, I'm a coach. I'm a six figure earner. I, whatever it is that I, this, but like, who are you? If you're not the mother, the person, the, the friend, like who is Chelsea? Who is Megan? I'm like, <laughs> I don't actually really know. I should probably figure that I like her, but I don't know what she, who she is or what she does. And I think that's my favorite part. Like with coaching in general, like it inevitably comes back to like mindset and beliefs and like who we really like choose to be and are like deeply in ourselves that we forget <laughs> to open the door for. We forget to like give, like you can come out. They forget they're just in there like is she gonna let me out maybe not but i'll <laughs> be chilling in here i guess and so she remembers i'm in here so it's a lot of that really fun work at the personal growth meets like sassy business and 
all these different things. Um, and I just did a, a round of a program called Replenish and Rise that I had come up with, which I was like so stoked about. Um, and that's kind of what I'm hoping again with this holistic approach to success and your holistic approach to business and creation and offers and whatever else you wanna have on your plate um, is that there are so many points. Like you were talking about uh, neurodivergence and autism being a spectrum and you know those balls that like open and contract. <laughs> That's what it feels like. And I feel like we look at success as the tight ball, like the one we can hold in our hand. And then as soon as we like pay attention to it and we start to explore it, we can like open it, we can pull it and it gets bigger and bigger and there's more and more connections. And that's kind of how I feel approaching like my clients' lives, my own life, like working through all those different things and finding like all those little points are like, those are hobbies. Like those are things that you like. Those are traits about you that you love that you maybe have ignored. Um, and it's been really fun to do that. So, uh, with replenish and rise, I was bringing in like wild card speakers, and, like doing tarot pulls. And like, I brought in like a divine feminine person and we had all these different like flavors coming in. And that's what I'm excited to continue doing, like with my coaching and just my life in general. Is it like, I feel like we're taught to pick a lane, pick a track, like go to school, go to college, get a degree, get a job, retire at 60, high five, and then you are uh, dead in the ground. Cool. Hope you enjoyed the ride. When we can have like this kind of ADHD loop-de-loop through our life instead and explore these things and have more flavors. Um, sometimes I go off on, on like food analogies. My, my latest has been that we are pizzas <laughs> and we get to choose our toppings. Um, are we, you know, deep dish? Are we thin crust? Like vegan whatever it is who who are you as the pizza and like what do you add and what do you like you get to change your mind too which is always really fun like you know who you are right now might not be who you, be who you are in five days in five years and that's also really fun so giving ourselves grace not to like have to be one thing forever all the time because that's suffocating and no one has time for that <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. I completely agree. I love the like identities and identity analogies. I'm all about it. <laughs> um, I, I wonder if you could talk a little bit more about identity and the hustle and grind culture, <laughs> because uh, I think absolutely. <laughs> that's something a lot of people get sucked into when they become an entrepreneur, especially neurodivergent folks, because we tend to have these special interests or these hyper fixations and it can make doing our business. So like almost the only thing that brings us joy. And I think there's some danger in that. I, I'm always going to be a proponent of special interest and hyperfixations. I think we should lean into our interests mm -hmm. a lot. Like ADHD folks have been uh, described as having an interest-based nervous system. And I think Love that's that. fascinating. And like, we should lean into our interests then. But I do think there's a danger in it where it's like, this is the only thing that makes you happy. Like that can't be healthy. And it sounds like based on your facial expression, I know you guys can't see her, but <laughs> I think Chelsea understands what I'm saying. <laughs> oh my God. That was like my whole fucking life. I was like, if I don't make enough money, I can't be happy. Like my accomplishments were the only like gateway to my happiness. Mm -hmm. Even like going to yoga, like I fucking love yoga, but I was like, I wouldn't feel like I got to enjoy it unless my like poses were progressing, unless I could touch my fucking toe to my nose or whatever, or break my back and like bounce back and not really care about it. I was always like measuring the experience and then deciding if I got to be happy about the way that I experienced it, which was like one, also exhausting, two, ridiculous. Um, and I don't know if this is just an entrepreneurial thing or whatever, but like I have forever, and I love it. This is kind of like a superpower, but also it can get you into hot water really quickly for exactly what you just said is being like a savant and picking up so many things and having so many hobbies and hyperfixations, but also acknowledging that it was a hyperfixation. I was like, oh my God, my whole life has just been explained so much. <laughs> no wonder I've wasted so much money and so much time on things I've loved for a month and never again hilarious um but part of like my and I think most entrepreneurs a lot of people I engage with maybe this is even just like a visionary or like a manifesting generator trait whatever other label we'd like to decide aligns with it is that we are like endless ideas endless so like turning any fucking hobby into a business 
I made earrings one summer and I was like, I don't, I don't even like these. And I sold them out and I was like, bye. And then do it again. But that also like with hustle culture is that, um, so have you heard of like orthorexia? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to give yeah, a brief also, explanation? Trigger just warning, in case, yes. Yeah. Trigger warning. So orthorexia from, and this may, this is my understanding of, of what it is, is like, it's a disordered pattern of eating where it's hyper focused um, excessively on healthy eating. So like people are only consuming and it's to a point where it's, it's detrimental. Um, I felt that same shade also for the way that I consumed and I experienced my world. Like, so I wasn't allowed to rest. I wasn't allowed to take pleasure in things. I wasn't allowed to do anything that wasn't going to produce a valuable air quote, a valuable result. So if I was going to read a book, it had to be a self-help book. If I was going to watch a show, it had to be fucking, I don't know about manifestation or something positive. If I was going to go out, it had to be networking. So all of my interactions and the way that I like showed up in the world were all like graded. Like, Mm. did I waste my time? Like, was that I shouldn't have done that. That was a waste of time. I could have been doing something else. I should have been doing something else, which is awful. And so I did like, I, I also like drank all the Kool-Aid and did a bunch of personal growth, growth, personal growth programs all in a row. I don't recommend that. I love personal growth and I loved all the programs that I went to, but I like stacked them and then burnt out surprise another cycle of burnout and hyperfixation. Um, and so doing that, I got to such a crazy point, like feeling like I had to be hustling all the time and that all of my time had to be quantified as valuable and I had to be able to show for it so I like wasn't relaxing I was like freaking out I was stressed all the time um even though like all of those behaviors did benefit me for the most part like I did I networked and I met new people I read a lot of self-help books but there was no balance anywhere it was like you know the scales were completely on the floor and the other one like flew off into space but I was like look at all this stuff I have over here though like these are accomplishments and gold stars don't they look good meanwhile I'm like (laughs) freaking out so with hustle culture in those last couple of years, like as it's, you know, I, I always wonder, like, is it declining? I feel like it is. I feel like it is on the decline and on its way out, but like, is it, or is it just like our corner? And I fucking love this corner. Listen, I don't even want to go in the other corners anymore. If this is where it's dying. Perfect. Sign me up. I'll, I'll get a, I'll get a funeral plot. Like I will live and die here in this area. Um, but with hustle <laughs> culture, like there's so much demanded of you all the time. And so it, you can't have hobbies mm-hmm. unless they pay you. And so I ruined a lot of my hobbies, turning them into things that had to produce. Like I didn't know how to experience things just for the joy of experiencing it. Like I was completely out of touch with my body, completely out of touch with my emotions, with my feelings, with pleasure. Like I didn't know how to do something unless it was like, it had to be part of a different equation to like exist. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. So like X plus X had to equal Y, but if it didn't, then I'm like, well, then none of it. Then nothing. Right. Then it's then... the all or nothing, the black yes. and that oh, so many God. of us deal with for sure. And it's, it's so funny that you mentioned the hobbies. My husband and I actually, we bought a switch um, along with Animal Crossing specifically so that I could uh-huh. have a hobby that I wasn't monetized. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> and my first thought when we bought it was like, well, I could start like a, a Twitch, like streaming <laughs> channel. and Adam, yes, my so husband was like, Megan, no, <laughs> no, no, no. This is for you. This is for fun. And it's oh, not making my. a dime. <laughs> we also started, I, I have loved like video games, like my whole life. I, I like, you know, played PC games growing up. And then again, that was something that I was like, oh, I'm not allowed to read or play games anymore. Those are for young people those are for time wasters and lazy folk which is like very much like derogatory terms that come from hustle culture like if you're not con- constantly on the treadmill like you're a piece of shit I'm like well I don't want to be a piece of shit I better start running and never stop um but yeah so we picked up like when we could no longer go outside and do anything else um I picked up gaming again and my husband loves to game and we picked up gaming and I am shit at it but I love it so much and it's like my <laughs> favorite I fucking love it we play call of duty and it's like I love to go like you know I'm very like 
forward thinking and like, you know, very much in the coach space throughout my day. And then I hit like six o'clock. I'm like, I'm going to go be toxic as can be. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I'm going to get it all out of my system. It's going to be perfect. So we go there. And then we also started a whole ass Twitch stream. My husband also hyper fixates on stuff. So we spent like thousands of dollars. I'm just like, like it's one month, maybe not thousands, but a good amount of money on like the cameras and the lights and like the, the OBS system and like a new PC and matching headsets and gamer gear and he sunk hours into designing our logo and we like streamed like four times and I was like I don't want to stream anymore <laughs> I just want to be here <laughs> um but that's like a like a I like to I don't like to think of this but I notice my life in very much I exist like in the pendulum so I'm like mm-hmm. all the way one way or all the way the other and like I break I pass through the middle I pass through the middle, but it's fleeting though. I'm like, and the middle's gone and we're back over here. So it's this like constant swinging of back and forth. And I think what, like what I work with myself and with my clients is like, okay, well, how can we spend more time in the middle? Like, I don't imagine for our lives and the way that we swing that we will ever stop swinging, you know, and that's okay that we exist in this way, but how can we be more mindful about experiencing the middle? So if, oh my God, I'm gonna turn this into a whole thing. Like, oh my God, I'm never gonna game again. Like, how can we find the joy and the pleasure of just doing it in the middle? And maybe you do want to stream again, but you set better boundaries for what it actually looks like. Or, you know, there's containers that we can put up. I like to call them bumper lanes. Like I call it bumper lanes with my clients. We put up bumper lanes, the things that we love in our lives and the things that we don't like, like just bumper lanes everywhere. I hate bullying, <laughs> but I love the analogy of bumper lanes. Um, because like, it's okay to be like going all over the place, but we have to know like, what does this bumper lane mean? Okay, I have to protect my time. Cool, time bumper lane. I have to protect that like, not everything. What is the belief that goes on this side that's a bumper lane? Nothing has to be like, I can enjoy myself, period. Full stop, full sentence. Um, and it's exhausting to figure that out or be like, oh fuck, I missed the center. I'm all the way on the other side again. Um, but I've enjoyed figuring out what that looks like in finding the center and even just like, the action and experience and like the learning of paying attention to yourself and even acknowledging that you're on the pendulum swing like that you're tiktok <laughs> that you're tiktoking back and forth also <laughs> hilarious okay, yeah TikTok. i love that you bring one. up the yeah. the pendulum i know with my clients i usually describe it as like a spiral and it can feel like you're going in circles but if you pay attention spirals actually move like they move through up and down you know like so I, I don't know if I'm describing that very well. I'm making a gesture, but obviously you all can't see that. Um, but <laughs> spirals involve more movement than you think. You're not going in circles. You're not going nowhere. You are moving. You are making a difference and changing, even though you're following similar patterns. So yeah, I think the way neurodivergent folks experience uh, time and experience like our narrative of life, if that makes sense, is Mm -hmm. really unique. Um, And it looks like pendulums. It looks like spirals. It looks, it is not linear. We are not linear folks. (laughs) Surely not. Yeah, it is surely not linear. It's, and I think that was like my favorite thing to realize. And like, that's, I mean, comparison game and all these different things, like everyone else looks linear. Like I was taught that life was linear. What the fuck you're really all these detours and like bumps and curves in the road I'm like I was not expecting any of these what the fuck um and then now it's like a daily thing for me too like I'm not I have not outlearned or like unlearned all of my uh wonky little tendencies and so they still come up all the time like I have a coach for that very reason like I am not like fully healed I would love that for me eventually and I feel like even when we are like healed as much as we might like to say like this is okay that this is not even a thing to heal. That's just like how we experience our lives. Like something's wrong with you. Like there's just a different thing that maybe you're used to or that you see in other people. But yeah, I love the little twists and turns. Um, my biggest thing has been like, you're allowed to change your mind. Um, I don't know if that like a land with anyone listening, but I was always under the belief that if I made a decision, I had to have integrity. I had to stick to it. I had to do all these different things. And so that's how I ended up with a business that I designed while it was a career that I loved. I had built this box that I fucking hated. I was like, this is not it. Oh my God. I want to burn it all down. I want to throw it out the window. What did I do? 
and but it's mine now. I can't just like give it away. I have all of these responsibilities that I have made for myself. Um, so the beautiful thing in like in the learning and in figuring out the best and most wonderful way to like tune back into yourself and pay attention to your body, pay attention to what it's telling you, pay attention to how you're feeling when you're doing things. Um, and like the beauty of changing your mind, like it does not at all mean that you don't have any integrity. Like it means that you are a living, breathing, learning human being. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, don't go like, you know, burn all your relationships with your clients, just like change your mind that fast, but like make adjustments. Like it's not meant to be concrete. It's not meant to be like so stagnant. Like you said, the spiral, like it's not meant to be the one thing that we stay in one place. Like we move through things and that's really nice, but we, I'll speak for myself. I, it took me a long time to give myself permission to like change lanes. Like this is the lane that I said I would be in. And if I quit or if I change it, then I'm a liar and no one's going to trust me anymore. Like I was making up all these crazy things. And I still hear those things come up when I decide to try something new or, you know, tailor a different offer, or like reach a new audience. I'm like, Oh, alarm bells like oh shit everyone's gonna lose it I'm gonna burn my it's gonna this is it this is the final straw and it's never it's never the final straw but it always feels very scary until I can remind myself talk myself off the ledge and I'm just like bitch you can change your mind later if you want like it doesn't have to be perfect right now it shouldn't be perfect right now I don't think it'll ever be perfect because you will continue to change the same like for using your spiral analogy like the water at the top is never the same water at the top because it's going down the funnel in the spiral. Mm-hmm. Um, so changing your mind and making sure that you continue, like for me, I, that I continue to pay attention to who I get to be, um, who I get to be with my clients, how I show up in my business and how I feel about the way that I show up in my business. Because what I have found with the people that I work with and within myself, especially is that it's easy <laughs> to just not do that. And then suddenly wake up later with all the gold stars and none of them mean anything. And you don't like, you don't like who you had to be to get there, who you are when you get there or the things that you had to sacrifice along the way. Like there's so much, like I like to think of as equations, like there's so much time exchange. There's so much energy exchange. There's a lot of things that we choose to give up. Like anything is possible if we're willing to make the right sacrifices are the right, you know, not right, but like the necessary sacrifices. Like everyone's like, oh, I can't get my arm out of this bear trap. Well, you could, if you ripped your arm off, like you can get out of the bear trap. Like, is that a thing that you're willing to do? That's a very extreme example, (laughs) but there's always something that we can get what we want, but we have to make sure that we don't sacrifice too much along the way that we don't give up too much of why we started. Like it's the worst to get to the end and be like, I hate this. Right. No, I, I totally hear you. I think that bear trap analogy is perfect because it's like, yeah, you could get your arm out. Like there are, you know, necessary sacrifices you could totally make, but like, is it worth it? Like, are Mm -hmm. you going to survive it? (laughs) And I think hustle culture really puts you in a bear trap. Um, and you're left with two painful decisions at the end. Like, do I burn it to the ground or do I find a way to fix it? Like, well, my arm off. (laughs) Exactly. What do I do here? Like, how do I get myself out of this? And I like props to you for getting yourself out of that hustle culture and like finding some semblance of peace and like starting to move towards healing and like prioritizing yourself and, and like joy in the moment. I love what you were saying about how, like, I mean, I don't love that you experienced this then, but it it sounds like you're experiencing something better now, but like you were saying, I wasn't able to be present. I wasn't able to like feel happiness as I was doing something. It was all about the results. And like, it sounds like that's really shifted for you. And I think that's fantastic because life is not about getting to the finish line, especially like when we're all trying to get there as fast as possible. It's like, well, then what are you going to do? Like, what's the (laughs) point? Sit there at the top by yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Sit there at the top by yourself and do what do nothing like you're probably going to build another business you're going to you're going to do something else and so like why not enjoy while you're doing it (laughs) the top is never the top anyway 
Exactly. There is no top. Someone's always doing better. Just like someone's always doing worse. Like, you know how you invalidate yourself when you're feeling crappy, like, well, so-and-so has it worse. So I have no right to complain. It works the same way with success. Like, Mm -hmm. well, I could be doing better. So-and-so is doing this. And it's like, just, just do you man. Like, and I Mm -hmm. think this especially applies to neurodivergent folks because the world is so incredibly set up for neurotypical people. Um, it is not set up for neurodivergent folks. And I think our success looks different. And I don't mean that in like a lowering the bar kind of way. I mean that as in like, we're playing a completely different game. Like if neurotypicals Mm -hmm. are playing, uh, soccer, then neurodivergent (laughs) folks are playing baseball. Like it's just a different game. (laughs) Gymnastics. Yeah. We're in completely different. We're not even outside anymore. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, and there's nothing wrong with playing by the rules of your own game. Like stop trying to fit in with the soccer players. You're playing baseball. Like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's, it's so wild. Like I I had never noticed any of that either. Like I just didn't notice. I didn't notice any of it. And like, I didn't know what masking was before I joined TikTok. I didn't know what any of this stuff was. And (laughs) It's crazy to see and just notice even like, you know, I'm 31. So my whole life of masking, of showing up and then like the conundrum, like the deep chasm of realizing that I didn't know who I was anymore, even like, and that was, I think the hardest part. And I kept up that like show and that parade for so long because coming from like that burnt out gifted you know, pipeline, like I had to keep showing up. Otherwise no one was going to love me. Like I couldn't have nice things anymore if I wasn't killing myself. And that, that assumption too, is like one of the most insidious, like beliefs that came from hustle culture. Um, oh my God, did I just lose it? No, wait. Okay. I remember now (laughs) the thought is the belief is that, um, success requires blood, sweat, and tears. And I was like, I better start bleeding. I should be crying once a week. I need to be sweaty forever. And sure, like, and this is, I think, where hustle, like, people who ditch or like who are anti hustle culture, like, I don't mean never lift a finger. Like, I love me some systems and figuring out like the the path of least resistance to you know work less, do more, live more instead of being at your computer for sixteen hours a day. <laughs> and for you know, fuck that. Uh, and then so for neurodiverse people, like we're what we're supposed to work from nine to five no thank you and figuring out then what okay what does it look like but I feel like anti-hustle culture or like the the dissolution of hustle culture can get like a weird thing like and I get this from people and I had this reaction at first too well I was like oh well if you don't hustle you're lazy and I could hear myself saying and I was like girl uh, read the room like look at where you are like one you shouldn't even be saying that to yourself anymore like okay these are not your thoughts is not your belief um success is allowed to be easy like I had this this belief that like if I didn't if I didn't like go through it to get what I accomplish then it just wasn't as valuable it didn't really matter that much if I just got it if I was and that's hard too being like savanti if that's not the greatest word but savanti and then picking up things really quickly so like I love to sing and I love to play music and I don't really talk about it because I didn't have to work that hard so it's not like that great, which is so silly. That's the biggest thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. There's, we have lots of stories, I think, especially in America with like the American dream, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Like there's just a lot of value on like hard work and hustle culture is just a rebranding of that. Like it might look more modern, but it's the same old story. Uh, (laughs) and it's, it's this idea that like, if it's easy, it's not worthwhile or if it's easy, which is so silly because I'm like you, I, I love work. Working is one of my favorite things. Like this is work for me right now, what we're doing, like this podcast. And I love it. I get to connect Mm -hmm. with people. I get to chat with people and it's wonderful but like, why not let it be easy? <laughs> it's allowed to oh be Oh my easy. God. That's my next tattoo. I can't, I can't, <laughs> I have to be careful where I put that on my body. Let it be easy. But um, <laughs> that's like, you know, <laughs> my like credo was like, let it be easy. What if it was ease? Like, what if you had peace in your life? What would peace look like? And I was like, peace, the fuck? 
And my favorite like comparison, so with Hustle, and this is like, I've been latching onto this, I'm like gonna make a t-shirt out of or something, but like we talk about Hustle in, in business and in success, but rarely do, have I ever heard anyone talk about harmony. So where is the harmony? Like, how could you prioritize harmony in your life over hustle? And I love hard work too, like hard work. I love to engage in things. I, I'm not sh- I'm shying away when something is hard. It's that it, it's the belief that it's required. Like a lot of stuff, yeah, like hard work goes into it, beautiful. Also nothing, nothing's less valid if you like do hard work, like oh, you had to work really hard, how annoying for you. It's, it's the lie that it, there has to, it has to be hard only. You have to like sacrifice a ton of stuff. Like I, I still sacrifice a lot for my business, but I know that I'm doing it and I'm aware. I'm aware of the equation and how it balances out. And I do my best now. That's my biggest learning is that there are bear traps and that's okay. Like we're, you know, we can choose and have them, but like there are things that we'll encounter that will require give and take, that there are equations for everything we choose in our lives to add, to release, to learn more. There's always an equation for how much time or energy or whatever the cost is that goes in to get your results. So I think that's the difference. Like I love hard work. I grew up on a farm. Like I didn't, I hated growing up on a farm, grew up on a coffee farm. So there's like a lot of like really tedious work. Um, but I think that's the thing I'm really excited about is like, you don't have to struggle. Like the, the glorification of busy and the glorification of struggle, the glorification of like all these things. Yes, that can be your story. And it also doesn't have to be your story. Like you can let things be easy. You're allowed to experience ease in your life. Like, I'm like, who said, who signed my permission slip and said that I could have this? I don't know, not me, but yeah, you get to. So like, okay, great. Yes, please. I would love that. I would love peace and ease and harmony in my life. Great. How do we do that? Yeah. I think speaking of peace and ease and harmony, why don't you tell us a little bit about your program? Because I know it's called what replenish and rise, right? Mm -hmm. And that seems like it's very focused on harmony and finding ease and whatnot. So yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Cause I know there are people listening who are like, I need to work with this person. Like everything she's saying sounds so familiar. Like I know some of you are listening and you're thinking this. So how, how can people work with you? Uh, Yes. Also, if you can hear my husband getting ice from our ice machine, <laughs> clinking the ice around, stop it. Also, if you couldn't hear that, that's a tiny segue. But so with Replenish and Rise, this was born of wanting something that wasn't hustling. Like I did not want to hustle through the end of my year. I did not want to chase the finish line. I did not want to continue burning. I was like, okay, I can feel myself like dissociating from my body I have to like reach for myself in the morning and like okay do you want to get up with me we're both getting up like let's reconnect and so replenish and rise was born um of the of like the exhale I was like I want this to feel like a deep breath out I don't want it to be the you know calm before the storm I want to take a breath I want to take a beat and I want to give people permission to do that and so what does it look like? So the whole framework was, you know, it was three months. The first, so the first month was focused on rest. I'm like, okay, how do we rest? Like, let's just check in. Like, let's, what a ride the last two years have been. Is everybody okay? You know, temperature check, pulse check. We're all still alive in here. Beautiful already gold stars all around. Um, and so we're focused, we were focusing on rest. Like how can we come back into our body? How can we release things? Uh, the next month was focusing on replenish. So like, what do we actually value? So who are we? What are our values? What do they mean? How do they feel in our body? Like, how does this translate to ourselves and our lives, ourselves as business owners, um, ourselves as like the son of our own universe? Like, who are we? And what are the things that really keep us together and keep us shining, keep us excited? And then coming into rise has been like the culmination of all those things. So who do you get to be when you prioritize harmony, when you prioritize more peace and then ease in your life as they relate to then being in alignment with your values, with what you, what actually matters to you. And that's a big question. Like, what's your why? I always freak out when I see it. I'm like, I want to make money. Honestly, like I want to make money, but okay. Why the money? What does money mean? Like, how does it feel in your body? What does money give you? So I feel like what can be so hard, and this is why I love coaching so much, is that a lot of what we experience or what is given to us is taken at face value. And so we get 
just the surface. Like we just get to smell the cake. <laughs> we just get to look at it, a picture. It's like a picture of the cake that we don't get to eat or really look at, but we're like, I can think about it. And so we take face value questions and we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to answer them the right way, the shiny way, the perfect way, the birds out gifted. Like, look at my beautiful vision for my life. What a, what a profound why I have. I'm like, great. And is it first, did you answer that for a show? Like, is that real? So the work that I do is like kind of just dissecting and peeling back and paying attention and listening. Like, what does it actually mean? And helping people really reconnect to those things again. So whether they actually translate to like, business but it's translating to like your harmony your peace so that whatever you do decide to do and however you decide to go and spend your time and spend your energy it feels good that we can figure out again those bumper lanes like the bumper the alignment bumper lanes like all right knowing what is your yes and knowing what is your no and I feel like that's not a question people ask you know like what do you say yes to what do you say no to what is a fuck yes and what is a fuck no like oh interesting like okay what are those so tying those all together and then bringing them back into like sustainable strategy. I ran track in high school and I was a sprinter. Translated very seamlessly to many areas in my life. I was a sprinter. <laughs> I was a procrastinator. I could get it done. I liked the stress, you know, all, all those different things. So how can we then bring who we are, what matters to us, how we want to experience our life, how we want to show up for ourselves and the people we love in our world. How do we bring those then into actually creating concrete, like tangible strategies to move forward in a way that feels sustainable, in a way that feels aligned, in a way that, you know, is graceful and kind, which is also not a lot to talk about in hustle culture. Um, so mindset work, looking at clarity, confidence, um, rewiring the way we experience things um and it's been a really beautiful thing I've been doing that with coaching in general but this was my first like real focus into like hey we're not even talking about like what's your deliverable like what's the deadline I still do those things but like for the like, the gentleness of it okay if you need the support of a deadline say yes or no like is this something you want yes perfect okay cool so on Monday we're going to check in and I want to know how your meditation went perfect um and so this was also born from the, the ethos that I have that is the bare ass minimum life so that you can be lazy, luxurious, and lucrative. And I'm like, oh my God. So I heard someone say lazy, like as, a, as an attribute that they were looking for. And I was like, what? <laughs> but then I was like, honestly, if I could choose my life and it could, if I could say that there was laziness in it in a way that like, I'm claiming laziness. Like I want my life to feel like I can mosey through it. I'm not trying to like be stressed out all the time. No, I'm, I'm like stressing out just thinking about it. It's like, I love the idea of living a lazy, luxurious, lucrative life because again, it can be easy. Like we can have that. Um, so helping people again, lower the bar. A lot of people are myself included, like, oh, what's the benchmark for this? First of all, there was no benchmark. Well, let's make one and then let's set it on fire and let's like put it 10 feet in the air and we have to jump through it and not touch any other sides. Okay, great. Uh, there was no benchmark in the first place, but this cool thing that you've done and now you've made a circus out of this accomplishment <laughs> so <laughs> it's crazy the things we do to make our lives harder and I think that's what I've loved like for myself having a coach um I've been with her for over like a year and a half now I did my apprenticeship with her is no matter how successful someone looks or the money they're making or like what their Instagram feed or whatever no matter how anything looks like as much as we would like to say oh I've reached ultimate healing I am healed look at me go. I've crossed the finish line. Like, no, baby. It's, it's the journey. And so being able to just acknowledge like my own fallibility and like, let that be like a cool thing instead of being really fucking rude to myself and spiraling and staying down in the depths. That's been a cool thing. So I work with my clients on that too. Like, it's not just about wins and it's not just about like, you know, celebrating and accomplishments and this. It's like, Hey, like I am just as interested in what you think is a failure or talking to you on a day that you feel like you are stuck or like a, a sticky day versus, you know, the days that you have highs. So working with my clients through that again, like the highs and lows, like how do we find the middle? How do we experience more of the middle instead of feeling so frenetic? How do we engage in a life that feels proactive instead of constantly living in a state of stress that feels reactive and we can never be caught up because we're tired and overwhelmed and all those sort of things. So it's really funny to try and explain like what I do. Like, I feel like hopefully that was sort of 
I have a bumper lane for the type of coaching that I do. Um, but I love to focus like on the transformation as a whole. So being transformational, like the result is very different for a lot of different people. But the goal is always, how do we figure out to realign with ourselves, prioritize peace and profit? Like, obviously I'm a big fan of alliteration. Like, how do we get to live a lazy, lucrative, luxurious life and still get to have all the things that we want without killing ourselves and our hobbies and our passions or our pleasures in the process? Like, what, what could this balanced life look like? How can we make little baby, bare-ass minimum steps every day as we work together, as you continue on on your own to continue moving toward that. So I want a lot of my work to feel like an exhale. Like, of course there's like hype. Of course I get super fucking jacked and excited when I work with my clients. Like I do get very energetic, but overall that it is an exhale that there, the expectations are done, that we get to exist as ourselves, like a radical self-acceptance and moving forward with love and grace and, and kindness to yourself and the vision that you want to create. I don't know. And I love that it's evolving too. So this may be a totally different thing that I do in the future, but I love that this right now. I love that this is what I'm doing. And I like love that it brings me people like you. And then I get to like, you know, reach out a little tendril, little tentacle, you know, to your, your people and the, the people who are on this podcast. So yeah, I'm just really grateful. I think it's really exciting. I love that so many people, like, especially again with TikTok, that there's so many like circles in the Venn diagram, like, <laughs> do you remember those little circle drawing things like the spiral spiral graph or something yes I loved those infinitely yes that's what I feel like TikTok kind of feels like or at least the loving way that I've gotten to experience it is that like there's so much commonality great job algorithm but like (laughs) it's so affirming to like feel like you're in spaces where people can see and they understand and that we all like are very much collaboratively lifting each other up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, thank you so much for that description of replenish and rise, because it sounds like such an incredible program, like seriously, genuinely, you are doing really <laughs> important work. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm excited. Um, so like, that was my first time running the program. It's three months. We have our last call in a couple of weeks. And so I restructured now my entire approach to coaching to bring in more of this, like I'm not supposed to be one thing and it's not supposed to be one speed. And I attract people who want to be little sea urchins and pull in the things that they love and explore new parts of themselves instead of being so like one track mind and laser focused. Like, what if we took a breath? What if we got to take a breath? I love that. What if we were breathing? (laughs) What about that? Yeah. Simple things. Like honestly, it's those like the bare ass minimum basic little bitty steps that we forget about that like can feel so off-putting in the long run and then we don't know what's wrong and it's just like a breath poor babies all of us just like with our shoulders and our ears like really <laughs> you know shallow breathing like breathe into your belly breathe into your chest like let your shoulders down like what if you just took a beat assessed where you are assessed how you're feeling and then like made some gentle kind conscious decisions moving forward to bring you more of what you love Yes. 100%. Yes. All the way. I think that is an incredible place to end the podcast. Beautiful. Um, I want that. I want to leave our listeners with that ringing in their ears. 100%. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so, so, so much for being here. This has been such a wonderful conversation. I love just chatting with you about neurodivergence and entrepreneurship and like, I just, yeah, everything you've had to say has been an exhale. It's been a breath of fresh air. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for TikTok. Thank you for reaching out. Like I'm so honored to like get to be in your space. I feel like that's a really special thing to like bring other people into these spaces with these people that you've loved and cultivated and cared for. So thank you for having me. It has been, wow, what a delight. Thank you. <laughs> I have enjoyed myself tremendously. I'm so glad. Okay. Talk to you later. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you give us a follow over on Spotify, leave a review over on Apple Podcasts, and tune in next Saturday for another amazing episode.